0: Yes, you are. Here we go with
1: the John Curley Sherry Ellicker show. Don't forget, it's. Uh... Uh, hey, Timmy. Hey uh, this is Daniel
0: down here in Olympia. Um, uh, oh, it's Daniel. i yeah. Curious if you guys had any more of that.
1: Here's on the Cairo Radio show starring John Curley and Sherry Ellicker. Yeah, thank you, Daniel.
0: Appreciate it. What, what did you say, it's Daniel. He's from uh where is he from again? It's like third time he's Olympia. Come on. Olympia. Olympia, there we go. Diving at oh! <laughs> You too want to be made famous over and over and over again like Daniel, you could just go to the uh John and Sherry show Instagram page. oh that's S-H-A. a cheese. Yes it is. Careful. Uh, S-H-A-R-I. Some people have been confusing Sherry's name. I don't know why. They don't either write John and Sherry show Instagram page. Click on uh, being able to connect to our voicemail. And then, you know, you could leave a message. You could say whatever you want. We'll play it on the air with very, very low standards. Um, should we, let's see, Sherry, let's do a, sort of a vote here. Update on the Kansas City shooting. Surely really no new news on it. Um, or the stuff that was falling out of the ceiling of the airplane.
2: Uh, I think we know everything there is to know so far with the Kansas City shooting. There's two people in custody, but they haven't been arrested yet, and it was a dispute. And so I think that's probably been talked about.
0: That's it. Okay. It's one of those things you just keep spinning in your own, you know, your own tire treads there. There's nothing new about it. People have heard it already. Tragic. And, of course, the uh, people have lost their life and the rest, so... But moving on, um, not to dismiss, dismiss it out of hand. It's, it is tragedy. It Unfortunately, it unfolds, and it takes away the great joy that everybody was hoping to experience there celebrating the Kansas City Chief win. I'm going to say something good about what fell out of the ceiling. here. This is the a flight in, from Amsterdam to Detroit. And a woman is sitting there in the, well, I'll let the guys from Fox, uh, Detroit.
3: Philip shot looked across the aisle. Seemed like a prank. Wiggly maggots like these falling from the overhead bin.
0: I don't really know what was going through. my mind. Right.
2: I was trying to process it. Discuss uh, it's one thing, of course.
3: Philip on board Delta Airlines Flight 133, Amsterdam to Detroit. He says he saw at least a dozen fall on the poor woman next to him, then more. You push the call button. You gotta then wait because you're about to take off.
0: We had to wait there for help to actually come.
3: He slithered into.
0: Oh, see, see, right there. I wouldn't have done that. I want to get out of there. I want to get home. I don't want to delay. You see it fall. The stuff, the maggots are falling on the person next. You You know now there's going to be a delay. Like, oh my God! Suppose you have a connection or something, right? She just, she's screaming. Flight attendant comes by. Nope, nope, nothing. No problem. Just let's go. Let's take off. Let's let's get going. While it's raining maggots.
2: <laughs> raining maggots. I mean
0: <laughs> It
1: wasn't raining.
0: There was a, like he said a few. He you know, it wasn't like she was covered in them. But we'll continue. Sherry. If you really wanted to get home to Detroit from the Netherlands, would you two have also complained? Because you know now it's going to be like an hour delay. Maybe they got to change flights, make a new plane. Just tell the lady next to you, just, you know what, grin and bear it for the rest of us.
2: If if it were that close to me, of course I would complain. That's gross, and you don't know how many maggots the the culprit was a uh, rotting fish in a guy's well, oh. luggage, overhead luggage that he had wrapped uh-huh. in newspaper. So I don't know how quickly maggots multiply, but you never know. By the end of the flight, that's a long flight. There could be thousands of them.
3: So wiggly nice. maggots like these falling from the overhead bin. I don't really know what was going through my mind. Right. I was trying to process it, discuss
2: uh, it's one thing, of course.
3: Philip on board Delta Airlines Flight 133, Amsterdam to Detroit. He says he saw at least a dozen fall on the poor woman next to him, then a- more. You push the oh. call button. You got to then wait because you're about to take off.
0: Yeah, we had to wait there for help to actually come.
3: He slithered into another seat to get away. When help came, the flight attendants tracked the insects to a passenger's bag in the overhead
0: bin. They found out that there was a rotten fish in there.
3: The fish wrapped in a newspaper, and the guy who put it there stood up and actually claimed it.
0: But I did see everyone's reaction to the bag being opened, which was just an immediate pinching of the nose.
3: They took the not-so-precious cargo to the back of the plane, then a message from the pilot...
0: <laughs> so gross <laughs> the people Ugh. in the back take it to the back of the plane <laughs> i mean it's bad enough <laughs> you're in the back right no, don't take it up to first class that blows no, yeah. you take it to the back The people <sighs> way in the back next to the toilets take it back now there. we're into the flight the pilot notified the plane of what was going on and made the call to turn the plane around Back oh. to Amsterdam.
3: Philip says he didn't see the fish maggot guy get detained or anything. Philip no. got on another flight back to the States a few hours later, more than right. happy to get off that flight. Uh, beyond the grossness of it, how in the heck did a rotting fish get through security?
0: I am surprised that both a rotten fish and live maggots were not picked up on uh, a security scan.
3: Delta releasing a statement to us apologizing to those passengers. They say they pulled that aircraft for cleaning. I sure hope so. Reporting from Detroit Metro Airport. Jessica Duknack
2: on the edge.
0: Yeah, you'd up there flying at sixteen thousand feet. You wish the door would fly off so you could throw the fish out, right?
2: Well, stand by for the lawsuits. The trauma of maggots. I mean it is gross. It's horrible. And and he what's he doing with that fish? I I don't I don't blame security for not pointing it out. I don't think they have, you know, a like x-ray fish machines (laughs) 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 or Uh, maggot uh, detectable, you know, radiography or whatever. I don't think that. Well, when
0: that person would come into customs, they say, do you have anything you purchased? Are you carrying any fruits, vegetables, any food at all? Guy would be like, Oh, I I got this maggot infested fish. Um, Sure. I'd like you to listen, and I'll say something positive about maggots. Um, but first, why don't you take a listen to this. No, that's not the sound of a juicy
1: piece of steak sizzling on the barbecue.
2: <laughs> you ready? Mm, not really.
0: That's the sound of millions and millions of maggots chewing their way through a juicy piece of steak
1: uh. out here in the
0: Nairobi National Park. Hi, I'm Paula Kohumbu, and I'm here in the Nairobi National Hi, Park Paula. with Dino Martins, and we're looking at a cow that's died just in the river right on the edge of oh, the National Park. Oh, God, this just gets worse. He's trying to convince me that I really should care much more for the tiny little critters, even if they really stink. Well, it's not the maggots that stink. But it... See, sure, it's not the maggots. Let's keep this in perspective. It's actually the putrefying oh. tissues of the cow. Yeah, it's the cow. Ow.
2: Who made a video of a dying or a di- dead rotten cow? And maggots eating it. What to just t- tell everybody the maggots don't smell? Wow, there is a headline. Hold on, there's 23 more seconds. <laughs> you need to
0: open your mind, young lady. A young, beautiful woman like yourself has an opportunity if not to learn something.
2: You're digging out from new. under. It's not oh, going to work. Oh, oh, oh! Up no. up. you
0: want to cover me with maggots. You know what? Here's what happened, folks. At the beginning of the show, I made some <laughs> off-handed jokes. That's what I do. I'm the off-handed <laughs> joke guy. And then all of a sudden, Sherry's like. Uh, 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 All sensitive. (laughs) Yeah,
2: okay. So you're in a hole. Stop digging.
0: Or what'll happen? You'll see. And the more the maggots feed, actually, there'll be less and less stink. Because what the
2: maggots will do is take the Flesh, feed on it, and turn it into fat maggots that turn into flies that turn into food there for flycatchers and drongos. And basically, it means this cow will turn into flycatchers, into drongos, into
0: dragonflies, into all these other things in the ecosystem. Beautiful, beautiful creatures. Transforming, Transforming nature. nature. Yes. There's nothing there more s-
2: encouraging than a fat maggot. <laughs> They'll turn into fat maggots, which are lovely.
0: Yeah, then they'll turn into uh, butterflies and stuff like that. It's a circle of life. I think Elton John said it best, Mm -hmm. Sherry. Yeah, it's essential because then they, they help create uh, more bio uh, sort of nutrients for the ground and then flowers grow. And then the food for flowers. the birds,
3: food, that's for everything right. Else.
0: I cut the flowers. I make a beautiful bouquet and I send it to you. And I, the note says, <laughs> dear Sherry, these flowers are, are, in, are pale in comparison to your beauty. But Arose these flowers by are not name.
2: Uh-huh. the, 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 the flowers are not going to bloom on the inside of a carry on bag where there's, Thousands of maggots. I mean, if those are just the ones that fell out on her head, imagine how many there were in there.
0: Fair point. Okay, Joe, you're not allowed to be keeping score like that. Teeny, how about me? Do I get a couple of points? What do you got for me, Teeny? Give me something over there. What do you got? Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Putin says, by the way, if uh, he was going to vote in uh, the election, which apparently the Russians were very involved in 2016, uh, he says he'd, he'd like to see Joe Biden win. Why does he want Biden to win over Trump?
2: He says that Biden is uh, more predictable and mm-hmm. he likes that. Um, he said that Biden it, give, gives him everything that he wants, whereas Trump would not.
1: Hmm. I'm sorry. That's what know. Trump
2: said. Trump said Biden gives him everything he wants, including all the money for, you know, Ukraine or, or letting him invade Ukraine. Trump wouldn't do that.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah. You really would rather have somebody predictable. Right. It's the insane man policy that Nixon talked about when uh, Kissinger told him, they think you're crazy. And he goes, good. Let them think I'm crazy. And the same sort of thing. People Trump wasn't doing it intentionally. But these other people are like that guy's nuts. Right? Crazy. You don't know what he's going to do. Totally unpredictable. They like somebody predictable. You got Joe Biden in there being predictable. Biden or Putin also said that when it came to I asked him, what'd you think about your interview there with Tucker Carlson? And he's like, translates into too many softballs, not an interesting interview. And I think he described Tucker Carlson as possibly weak. So. Wasn't impressed yeah. overall with uh, Tucker's two-hour no. boring interview.
2: He said, to be honest, I thought he would be more aggressive and ask tough questions. Um, he said he was ready for him, and he was just disappointed that he didn't ask you know, any questions. He asked him softball questions. And um, he said, I wasn't ready for that. I wanted it because it would have given me the chance to explain myself more. But, you know, Putin went on for, what, two hours talking about the history of Russia.
0: Right. And so Tucker would try to get a question in and the guy would then just filibuster for what seemed like 40 minutes on each question. Oh, it just wears you out, tires you down. But uh, Putin Putin endorsing uh, Biden for uh, 2024. By the way, just quick side note, Matt Taibbi uh, and uh, two other investigative reporters have done an amazing job. I'm going to highly recommend it. It's quite long. There's going to be three pieces to it. They have been working on this thing for about two or three years, and they're finding out how um, the whole 2016 Russia-Trump um, story and where it came from, What was the genesis of it? How was the CIA involved in it? It's wild. I mean, really wild. And he said it took a long time for them to get all the sources on it. He made sure each one of the sources that were talking to them independently had the same story. Uh, And it's a three-part series. And it's just fascinating to see how all of that was happening behind the scenes and how the CIA was directly involved. And they actually the ones that actually created the Russia-Trump story and then how the CIA was bumping. That's a term that they use. They had 28 uh, Trump uh, advisors and people that are working with him in the campaign that they would uh, uh, target to try to get information from or plant information from and then try to flip them or have them work with them. Is the CIA directly involved, according to Matt Taibbi, um, with spying on the Trump campaign? And it's a three-part series if you want to get into that. Uh, one other kind of sad, weird story is, uh, Fania Willis, Willis, she takes the stand. This is the um, woman in Georgia, special prosecutor that's going to do the RICO case against Trump. You find out that she was having an affair with this other guy, and then she put him on the case with her. As much as 600 or 700 and some thousand dollars was taken from one um, budget line, given over to him. And then the two of them went on vacations together. It doesn't seem to be doing it's going to be going well for her. She had to testify and she is in court basically saying, you know, well, this is well. Here's I
2: object is. to you getting records. You've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial.
0: Well, she's not trial as much as they want to find out. When did you start having this relationship with this other attorney who has zero experience when it came to a RICO case? Why did you choose this attorney? Um, where did the money go? Where did the money come from that you used to pay him? And then you guys went on a bunch of vacations together. Uh, she's claiming racism, which is weird because everybody involved is in it is black. Uh, one of the people that brought the case against her was her now new paramour, her boyfriend. It was his ex-wife that started some of uh, this ball rolling, and now you're going to find out that it looks like Willis, and what's her boyfriend's name, Nate, um, something, he's, he's also, Connors, (laughs) he's, (laughs) okay, Okay. all right,
2: okay. No, No, I watched this today, I watched this today. You did? Yeah, I did, and, uh, you know, everybody's contradicting everybody else about dates. This started then, this started then, I mean, they really grilled both of them and she was you know ready for it he was not so much but uh yeah there's no way you can watch this and not determine that they were involved with each other uh the question becomes whether or not you know there was if if she spent the taxpayers money and used that money to go on these lavish vacations and all of that he says she paid them back they paid him back in cash uh Mm -hmm. and he has no record of it no check no nothing
0: Nathan Wade and they want to know where the money come from to draw out where was it coming from he was taking cash out of an ATM looks like she brought her boyfriend on to work on this case and then paid him money they want to know where the money come from where the money come from to go on these uh, vacations and um, just what was your relationship all about so it looks like the last thing I'd seen they're probably going to kick her off and then they got to find somebody else to pick this case up again. The John Curly Sherry show and the um, adorable, gorgeous, lovely Sh- Sherry <laughs> Switch over to Too late. Smiling. Too late. Oh, come on.
2: <laughs> Damage is done. Oh, boy. I you
0: guess you what was what's going to happen. No? What's that mean? <laughs> I don't You're know what sweet. that beats either. <laughs> oh, oh, you can't do that. That's, that's a threat. That's like a crime. I got, I got to call David Rose. Yeah, because spotlight with David Rose, because he's watching criminals and trying to catch criminals all the time. People that do things like break the heart of a dear friend by making an offhanded comment about somebody's, someone, you know, that's not the, the David Rose. I apologize that I, 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 I'm i guilty. All right. I said something just about uh, Sherry. So going into the commercial break, but we're good friends. We could do this. We could joke like that. And, and, uh, Quick, say something other than what I'm saying right now, David Rose.
1: Sher- Sherry, do you get danger pay for working on this show? I feel like you
2: should get the danger pay. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of agree that that would be something that I should consider if I ever get another contract because
1: there you go. <laughs> hazard pay. Oh, yeah. I, I got a great counselor for working on the issues, man. They're just great. Oh, right wow. Thank you, David. I know.
0: David Rose, you, you knew him from Most Wanted uh, and now uh, doing great work as well with his show, um, and I tell you something, what used to watch your show, you're like, God, those criminals must be like, Oh, shut up, Rose. Cause you'd show the pictures. <laughs> and then like within a short period of time, all of a sudden people would call in because they knew, Oh, I saw that guy. I know where that guy is. Does it make you feel good? Just generally before we get into the stuff that you've been working on, when you'd put something up and the guy did some horrible crime and then within two or three days, you heard that they had caught the guy did, Oh, yeah. You oh, slept well yeah. at
1: night, like, Oh, there we go. There's yeah. another scumbag off the street, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I'm still doing it. Crystal Tate got uh, announced that this morning. She stole a 74-year-old woman's purse out in Covington, went and charged up all her cards, and you wouldn't believe how many tips we got on this lady, and they arrested her. So, you know, I got a nice note from the the police chief, and and the victim feels a lot better knowing that, you know, she's going to get some justice, sort of. You've been in this bit. you've been (laughs) in this
0: bit. Yeah, exactly, which brings us to the big topic of is justice being served. I know you've been following um, a lot and doing research on juvenile crime, which has skyrocketed in the last couple of years. I think it's over 80-some percent, a lot of carjacking and then car theft and then assaults and deadly weapons and the rest of this stuff. What do you think, as you're sort of digging through this data, what's your sort of theory on what's happening?
1: Well, first thing nobody wants to talk about is we have a gang problem, and you don't ever hear anybody in official capacity talk about that, right? So when you look at crime in cities like Seattle and Renton and Tacoma, Um, They're dealing with with gangs and with disputes, and so that's where some of the violence is coming from. And then they're leading the path for some of these younger teens, setting bad examples. And let me tell you, these teens are smart. They know that there's going to be limited accountability. They know Mm -hmm. phrases like probable cause. I mean, whoever thought they would know what that means, but they have been very educated as to what they can get away with, and they know they can steal cars and they could ram them into pot shops all day long and they're not going to do a lot of time because the focus now in King County is on treating whatever their behavioral and mental issues are rather than on punishing them and getting justice for the victim. So uh, I have a David, friend of mine You're, go ahead, sir. Oh, Okay, you, you,
2: no, I was going to say uh, you know the trend now especially in California is to close these juvenile jails. Um I just have a, I'm just curious if if a kid uh, like a let's say a 16-year-old commits a murder, I mean, a really bad crime, Mm -hmm. a a felony. If they don't have a juvenile jail, where do they go? Isn't it a law that they cannot be housed in the same facility as adult prisoners?
1: Well, that is a very good question, and that is the problem that I think is causing the issues. There's a lot of great people, very smart people, trying to work on how do we uh, treat these uh, kids and do it in a manner where we can have a low recidivism rate, but at the same time keep the public safe. And I don't think they've come up with a good answer. And that's what I was talking to uh, presiding judge K2 Shaw about um, a couple of days ago. I did a big interview with him because this proposal being put out by this committee to the council and, by, and uh, for Dow Constantine's promise to get rid of the youth jail it's got some holes in it because nobody can figure out what do you do with the the worst of the worst, like you talked about, to keep the public mm-hmm. safe. I mean, there's no question that incarcerating these kids is not good. They learn other bad habits, other bad skills in there. But they're also a danger to the public. They're a danger to um, themselves sometimes. And they just don't have any filters, partly because of their age, because of their broken family backgrounds, because of the drugs, which are, you know, being used all the time. I mean, fentanyl is almost in every crime report that I read, you know, anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's a difficult problem. But I would say this, Lisa Mannion, the prosecutor, and Judge Shaw, both of them think that they need some tools, some options, so that those worst of the worst will not be released. Because right now the plan is to open these group homes run by community organizations in neighborhoods and put one to five teams. Well, how are you going to rely on a group home to not let a killer walk out the front door, right? So there's a lot of concern there.
0: So Del Constantine had announced, and I think he's backed away from it, so the taxpayer spent about $250 million on the juvenile detention hall, um, and then he said, well, we're going to close it down. And then they complained, well, we can't find anybody to work there. Well, who would be hired at some place knowing that within two years or a year where they hired you, you're going, it's going out of business. Nobody would apply for that job, especially if you have to stay there for a certain amount of time in order to get a pension. That basically goes away. I think it's three years and you get a pension. So they're, they're not hiring because who wants to work at a place that's, hey, going out of business, you know, need help. That's, it doesn't make any sense. And this general idea that he says, you know, historically oppressing, you know, a portion of our population. So we don't want to continue to oppress them. So rather than putting them in jail, we'll have them do restorative justice and this other stuff. But these kids, as you said, have figured it out. There's a famous bite from a couple of months ago where the judge, with the kids sitting there, he says to the judge, you mean you're not going to send me home? I I thought you were going to send me home. (laughs) Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, what, so what do you do? And I think, you know, look, I don't know what Dow was thinking when he made that promise that he was going to get rid of the jail by 2025. But sometimes we all in the heat of the moment, you know, following what happened with George Floyd, there was a, a lot of emotion. We saw city council members saying things publicly that they've since backed away. Uh, so, you know, he's promising close the youth jail. You know, look, in theory, in a perfect society, that would be great. Get all these kids uh, the behavioral and mental health treatment that they need. Uh, make sure they're in secure places, that they feel loved, and you know, and kumbaya. But that's not the world we live right. in. I mean, look at the news every night. Look at the number of carjackings we have. I mean, these kids are carjacking people at gunpoint. They're yanking them out of their car, right, because they feel like there's no repercussions. And in some sense, as long as we lean into this uh, treatment over incarceration, you know, there's not going to be, because some of them are just going to work the system. Now, I will say, John, there are some that are getting help. Um, I talked to Devontae Parsons, who runs Se Potential down in Federal Way, and he says he's helped 155 of these kids in the last two years. And he's a former convicted felon. So he's running a program, and he says the idea is you get involved in their lives. He stays in contact with them, meets with them three times a week, and, and he becomes more of the focus and, and the group they're with, more of the focus than these bad elements that they have. Because these kids mm-hmm. have friends in other counties, right? Social media has connected all the bad apples together. So the bad influences right. are able to spread pretty pretty quickly.
0: But when we have a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old driving down Aurora Avenue intentionally running over human beings, and I don't know what they're going to charge them with, but I'm sure you send them back home again. If you just know that what you do, there's no repercussion, you just keep doing that. We are creating a criminal class. Um, and I don't know what you do in King County and the state of Washington because we'll continue to have people that don't want to hold them responsible for their behavior because of, you know, oppression and all the rest that goes with it when the numbers don't support this, this cockamamie idea that Dal Constantine needs in order to get elected. You don't have to comment on that. That's my own. I know I'm not allowed to have an opinion.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to do a deep dive yeah. on that. I'm, I'm going to do a deep dive on that on the spotlight coming up Friday night um, and, and look at those issues, right? Because politics are behind all this, right? If you think about it, they get their money, the courts get their money, and the prosecutor's office get their money from the general budget, which is controlled by Dow. So nobody can yes. say the wrong thing when you're trying to get 20 more prosecutors and you need more resources. They've cut 10 juvenile probation officer positions in the courts, right? These are the these are the probation officers that meet with the kids that get them the services they're supposed to need. But they thought this new diversion therapy or diversion treatment would lower the number of filings. Well it hasn't. We've seen crime go up. So now we don't have enough right. probation officers to help the kids that are that the filings are being done on. So it's a mess.
0: It is a mess, but it just means uh, more work for you. David Rose, keep up uh, the cause and uh, continue to continue to get that great feeling as you get some of these uh, people that are committing these crimes to be able to serve the justice for the victims. And unfortunately, there's just way too many of them. Thanks, David. Thanks for your time. Uh, yep. John and Sherry, I'm a big oh. fan
1: of the show. Keep doing what you do.
0: Thank you. Oh, there you thank go. you. Oh, see, he loves the two of us. Sharon, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> too late. Too late! Oh wait, you Stop cannot trying. do that. Stop! No, Yo, you're not allowed to do. All right, here's uh, talk about train wrecks and. You calling me a train wreck? And- no, no, just oh, a- <laughs> I I am right now. I'm just he's throwing me off my game. I'm gonna go eat some triscuits. <laughs> Teeny, we're back. Team, team's back, Teeny. Teeny, come on. Everybody in. There we go. It is John Curley, Sherry. I like show. Thanks, hey, Dave hi. Rose. St- yes, okay. It makes no sense. Uh, we're stopping by. Bad Valentine's Day um, for these people. Is this a new thing that people are doing? Uh, getting it on, on, on running subway cars? Sherry, is this something, the story you wanted to share?
2: No, I I did not. Um, But, yes, it is catching on, not necessarily what they're doing, but just this whole subway surfing. So in the first six months of 2023, there were 450 reports of people riding outside train cars. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's up from 262 the year before.
0: But then people, uh, like, having a 20-minute date or something on top of, or five-minute date on top of the train while it's going, that, that people are taking it to a new level. Yeah, hey, you'll just say, as a guy, i got to give these people some credit because it takes a lot of concentration and you can't include a lot of stress when you're trying to, you know... You know. Well, if you're referring to these two guys that
2: were caught, they were caught on oh. camera, two men. Huh? Huh? Uh, and, and The best part is... <laughs> um,
0: Oh there's impossible the part of the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what part. he says.
2: Listen to best listen part. to the the empathy here. It says this is from the um from the trans, you know, transportation people. Yeah. Um the only thing dumber than riding on top of a subway train is dropping pants in the process. This is the communications director, Tim Minton. Uh-huh. Uh, those reckless clowns aren't thinking about the mess cleaners and other transit workers will have to deal with when their stupid stunt goes tragically lo- wrong. So basically what he's saying is y- you don't think about how, how much people have to clean up after you if they if you get squished on a train.
0: He went right to that, right yeah. to it Didn't yeah. say,
2: like, how dangerous it is. And we'd hate to see someone lose their life over that kind of prank. No, he's like, yeah, it's it's a thinking about the mess cleaners and other transit workers will have to deal with.
0: Whew. I, but listen, I guess that's the way he looks at it. Like you're up there and you do something gross and then you get crushed or whatever. Do they think these guys get arrested for their, their dating on top of the train?
2: No, I don't think that they did. Um I think that they just had uh, had them on camera, but they they couldn't be identified from the shots that they
0: had. Okay. It's a little Got difficult.
2: It. There's a sort of a general picture.
0: General. Exactly. Mm. I a third uh, person, which is Yo, whoa, there's a third uh-oh. person involved?
2: The two men were doing something and there's a third yes. person approaching them. So yeah, I, I uh, yeah. Not sure what his involvement is.
0: Okay. Whenever you hear this sound, Bing you know, something's going on on top of the train. By the way, I saw the story about the stuff falling out of the ceiling of the uh, the plane onto people. And I've done a little bit of research. I sent Joe to it. So mm-hmm. I am going to defend the things that were falling out of the ceiling, Sherry. You can take the the con on the stuff that fell out of the ceiling. And I will take the pro for what was falling out of the ceiling on top of people while they were flying on the airplane.
2: I can do that. Okay.
0: Uh, You will also take the pro on getting it on on top of a riding subway car.
2: (laughs) Sounds like fun, actually.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh, Uh -oh. Look out. Oh, to mix things up. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) let's Ding dong. I'll be down there. That's right. All right.